I'll believe it in a minute. There we go. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox and Pia and Colin are with us this morning. We have a lot to talk about, both from their point of view, and I don't want to leave this morning without peppering you with some of the transit information for the weekend. So shall we just jump right on in and just welcome everybody. I forgot, grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and let's chat with Pia and Colin. So thank you and welcome to Living Astrology. I'm so glad to have you here with me this morning. And uh, just love, we look so forward to our Fridays that we have with you guys. And people will start asking me like a week ahead of time, are Pia and Colin coming next week? <laughs> yes, they'll be here on Friday. <laughs> so there's always excitement in the air when uh, you two are coming to the show. And we actually have some, you know, pretty important things to talk about this morning. So I'll just let you start with what it is you want to start with. I actually gave you the order of the show, but you know what? You guys start where you want to start. We'll start wherever you want to start, Janet. It's all, all right. <laughs> well, let's start with the, we'll do it in order of succession, shall we? Uh, today yeah. is 10 healing on the Pleiadian calendar. And it also happens to be a day where Venus is changing phases. And I always love it. It seems like you are always here on an important sort of day. And today we see that in the Adam Gainsburg book, this is the time where Venus moves into remembering and embodiment. In the Pleiadian Earth energy, it uh, relates to the uh, energy of manifesting um, First, why don't you talk to us a little bit about your, your cycle? It's so interesting to, to watch how Adam's cycles work and how the Pleiadian cycle works with the initiating energy of her cycle all the way down through the, 13, uh, the 13th cycle. So tell us about that and then about remembering and embodiment. Okay. Well, from the point of view of being in 10 healing energy that begins at sunset today we move into it at sunset and it's going to be 10 is an energy of challenges or manifestation and it all depends on how your perspective is because we're all being challenged these days and if we keep our attitude and our vibration up we're able to manifest something better out of the challenges which was the original intention when the pleiadians named this day 10 they said 10 is to turn challenges into opportunities so you can manifest something better. And to have that coincide with healing energy is pretty auspicious because it means we can go into ourselves, figure out what's out of balance, come back out into the world and make some really positive differences about how things are unfolding and what we choose to co-create to manifest okay. in our life. And that's, that's a really important point because it is our choice to manifest the highest energy, if we choose, which is always for the good of all, or we can choose the lower road and make it challenging and make it much more difficult for ourselves and everyone else in our sphere. So this once again in the Pleiadian system comes to the, the element or the idea of choice and it's always up to us it's it's our <laughs> attitude it's our attitude and our perspective that we're in control of you know i i think what you just said there is so interesting because so many times we think of free will as something that we do and 
I am of the mind that free will is really about more about what we choose to be or who we choose to be in every challenge or in every opportunity, every interaction. And I think that's just exactly what you just said there. Yep, I think you both have the idea firmly understood. Yeah, yes. choice is so important. And um, when we have a when we have changes like this, it feels to me like the rest of this month and on into June is a time where we have some major choice points in front of us. Would you guys agree? Absolutely, we agree with that. And maybe we're just going to slide into talking about that a little bit. The mm. remembering embodying that you wanted to touch on is about really being in touch with our hearts and remembering who we are instead of who we've been told we are by culture, by society, by people we love, by people that don't like us, whoever has told us, well, you're this, you're that, the other. We are to discard that and we are to remember who it is we are in our hearts. Who is mm. it that we really are? And then we embody it by the choices that we make and the way that we live. So that's what this Venus phase is encouraging us to do. And it comes at a perfect time because we are moving into some pretty rocky territory. We move in on the, on the following Saturday, the 29th, we move into the collective shadow cycle for humanity. Um, Always maybe, loads of fun. <laughs> maybe before we go into that a little bit, we'll talk about that. <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm laughing because my particular makeup I am one of the few people on earth who has a personal shadow cycle simultaneously oh, yeah. with a collective shadow cycle. So I'm working on my own, my part of how I'm trying to grow and evolve while I'm also in the collective part. So for me, it's, mm. It's a pretty big occasion because not only do I have to work on myself, but I have to be aware of what everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. And that, that is a lot of work in one small, compact part of time. Right. And that, and that happens for you every time. Is that correct? Because the, the cycle always begins at four being. Right. And then always ends at 10 in lightning. So your cycle must, you must have been born at four being. Or in no, that week, at least. No, because it's not the birth cycle that he was born into. It's one of the other four. So you have four. Oh, okay. The, your period, you have four. It's not the one that's coordinated with his birth cycle, the energy before his birth. It's coordinated with another one that's 60 days after that. So. Still aligned. So you're actually like a quarter turn away from, from yes. your birth yes. cycle. Yes. Which, you know, if we look at that from an astrological point of view, uh, that quarter turn of any of the planets in relation to another planet is always the most crisis oriented um, expression of the energy between those two, uh, those two bodies. In this case, an extraordinary challenging perhaps time at times for you between your birth cycle and the natural collective cycle then. I can be a witness to that. <laughs> Circling the drain. <laughs> yes. But luckily, we have a good sense of humor about it. We know what these things are. They're marked on our calendar. And when these cycles come up, we just dig our heels in deeper. and We go time to do some work yeah. or time to do more work. We're always prepared yeah. that for, for these 
happenstances that might be a bit more challenging than the rest of our days. So, you know, the Pleiadians brought this whole idea of the collective shadow to humanity over 5,000 years ago with the Mayan calendar. And the way the Mayans handled it, well, maybe you want to tell her about this, since this is your area. Well, the, the Mayans had a ball court, a ball game. Mm -hmm. And in, in every major ruin in Maya land, there, there is a designated area. Most of these, these ball courts are still in existence. You can easily see them. And what they did was they played with a small ball. It was made out of a tar-like substance. Um, and there was a playing field. And then there was a wall along one side of it. And on that wall, there were little, like an ear sticking out from the wall. There were two of them. And there was a hole slightly larger than the ball. And the, the object of the game was for one team to get the ball in their opposing team's little hole on the wall. And, <laughs> like soccer, only yeah. with something a, a small, like basketball hole size. Exactly. And this was designed as an escape valve. This was designed when tensions were great during a collective um, shadow cycle. They would play this game. It was quite ceremonial. Everybody watched. And what it was, was the, the ability for these teams to enact a mock war with each other without it being an actual war-like situation. So what they did was they released the tension through playing this game instead of hurting each other, killing each other, or doing things that were absolutely stressful, tension-filled. Mm -hmm. And it, it was just, it was an escape valve situation. And it's really interesting that it took archeologists, anthropologists, eons of time to figure out what this was all about. But when they figured it out, it was one of those aha moments where they thought, this is an amazing way of doing something to keep people from being at each other's throats. And so now we have the Pleiadian energy system showing us the collective shadow cycles, which last for about three weeks and no structure to contain it, no guidance to contain it. The world oh. does not have set up to release aggression or to, to save wars. They don't have anything like that. The tensions just mount and mount and mount. And then they pop out and explode all over the place. So it's intended for us to step out of our collective misbehaviors and back into a place of harmony with each other. But humanity has not done anything with those opportunities ever. So from our perspective, each one that we have gets a little bit more challenging than the one before. So, oh boy, here we go. 2021, stepping into it full force. It's, it's, a, it's a situation that if we don't learn from each of these shadow cycles, what we could learn, we sort of shove it away collectively. And what Pia just said is really important because if we don't do the work, if we don't make some traction, if we don't evolve, we're gonna be hit again and again, and it's gonna be harder each time that cycle comes around. So it really behooves us to be on our toes, recognize what we need to change, what we need to fix, 
each time this opportunity comes every 260 days in the collective <laughs> cycle. And it, it's amazing. Some people are really good at this and they really do do their work, but many people in the collective simply ignore the opportunity to work with these energies. And this time we are blessed with not, ever, not only having collective shadow cycle, the day after the collective shadow cycle starts, we step into Mercury retrograde, as I'm sure you're aware. I wrote right there, Mercury retrograde, May 29th, the same day, actually in our time zone, it's the same day that uh, all of that fun and coming right out of the shadow of a lunar eclipse, a super yeah. moon lunar eclipse on the 26th in, in our time zone. I'm not sure what time it will be where you are, but that's powerful in and of itself. It, yes. it is. And if you combine just these three elements, it's a tremendous energetic either opportunity mm. or, or challenge. And it, it we're being we're being given an auspicious, totally important energetic period in those three or four days to really ramp up our work, to really look at what needs to change, what needs to be altered, what needs to be polished. Mm. And do the work for the full three weeks, full force. So I, I want to get back to that uh, in a minute about how, what can we do during that cycle? But I wanted to point out something that's really interesting in this, in that every time we have an eclipse, it is either a North node eclipse, which means it's pushing us forward toward our destiny, or it's a South node eclipse, which has us having to deal with uh, some of the shadows, right? The things that we don't see clearly, uh, the challenging aspects of ourselves that we're holding on to, kind of like those old things that are just stuck here. And that particular eclipse on the 26th is a South node eclipse. So it's really connecting us to the, the stuff that we have in our collective cup of uh, things that we need to let go of. And it's all, it's all about unfinished business. Yeah. And, and you just, you can look at the news cycle even, and just notice that there's this sort of energy that's picking back up just when you thought 2021 was going to bring you something different. And it did at least initially. Um, uh, now we're getting, we're seeing a whole lot more around the same themes that 2021 or 2020 brought us the, the parts of us that, that, that weren't healed in, in those uh, days of dealing with those shadows. So they're back at us right now, you know, threatening from just, you know, thinks, it reminds me of like a volcano that's getting ready to blow and you get the little vents that break open and left off some steam. Um, that's maybe what happened in early 2021, but now it's ready to blow again. And I think that's the uh, part about the shadow cycle that we really need to learn about is how do we handle all of that? Because every, if, like you said, if everything is going to pop up to the surface, we're going to need some tools. How are we going to deal with that? The first tool we need to do is to stay calm and remember to breathe because usually we overreact to anything that happens. <laughs> we start hyperventilating. <laughs> yeah. The very first tool we need to do is just to take a deep breath and then just keep breathing till you get into a rhythm where you can actually respond rather than react. Because in these heightened energies, people are very, very prone to reacting. A tiny little thing can all of a sudden escalate and explode 
And Colin and I can attest to this. We always step into it before the collective does. We always feel that energy and some little something will happen like that. And then we'll go, oh yeah, we're right before a collective shadow cycle. We feel the edges of it before it comes. But yep. most, people, most people just feel like they're blindsided and they don't know why all of a sudden they're very emotional, they're overreactive. Everything is, is not very much fun. Yeah, and, and one of the other things about using tools is detaching from the seriousness or, or the, the, the problematic side of whatever this is, whether it's what Pia was just explaining about emotion, an emotional um, reaction or an over emotional reaction, but detaching from, from what's going on instead of getting into the, he said, she said, it's your fault. Um, that's not what I said, or you said something to upset me. If we detach immediately, the faster we detach from thinking that, that something is either bigger than it is or that it's, it's too personalized. Mm. If we detach, the faster we detach, the less embroiled, the less involved we're gonna get into whatever that is that, that we need to let go of. So Less finger pointing, less need to be right, less blame, less judgment. All of those are really, really important tools all the time, but particularly in a shadow cycle because the whole purpose of the shadow cycle is to bring the self up to the top and clear it out so that we can return to a state of harmony. And what mm. the Pleiadians refer to, refer to as in Lakesh, I'm another yourself, rather than you're my enemy and you did this to me, blah, 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 blah. So that's the point. Yeah, once again, it's the difference between opportunity and challenge. Yeah. If we can simply utilize these energies as opportunities for growth, we don't have to be challenged to the degree that we are often challenged by. If only we could learn our lessons. <laughs> uh, I'm going to check in with everybody real quick and see who's out here with us this morning. Uh, wow, there's a lot. Good morning, Kathleen and Ursula and JLo. Christine, it's great to see you. Christine says, good morning, Janet, Pia, Colin, and everyone. Good morning, Debbie Tibbetts, Tumiel. Uh, Tom Wright, hey, good to see you. And he said, good morning, all. Why is it late to come up on YouTube on Fridays? Uh, you know, who knows? It's out of my control. Right now, I just cannot control YouTube or Facebook or any of those. So I don't even try. Um, let's see, JLo says, I'm looking at the calendar or am I'm in an alternate reality? Well, this morning I felt like I was in an alternate reality for sure. So there's a possibility that we're all blinking in and out and we just don't notice it. Uh, Pauline says, question uh, that is private Pia and or Lark. I'm not sure what you mean, Pauline. So maybe you can, uh, type it to Asa and let her get it to me. Um, interesting. How can we know if we are going through our own cycle? JLo asks. That's a great question. How can they find that out? I want to address the alternate reality comment first. She said she's, <laughs> she said she's looking at her calendar. She's looking at Friday and on Friday it is nine exploring energy. Friday. It's not till sunset because the energies change at sunset that we actually step into 10 healing. So that should clear up, the, clear up the confusion about alternate reality. So that's a good question because when we were, we were producing some graphics for people and letting, you know, the, the energy of that day 
so that people would become familiarized with uh, the universal energies and the earth energies. So when we're looking at the day today on my calendar, the, the 21st, oh yeah, it's tomorrow that Venus changes. I was thinking that was Friday, boom. So that makes sense now. Today is nine exploring. Did that start at sunset last night or yes. sunset yeah. today? Sunset gotcha. last night. It always changes at the sunset preceding the day. And gotcha. all of the light hours of the next day, you're in, and you will be where you are in nine exploring until sunset today. Then we will move into 10 healing energy. Absolutely so right. Parallel reality question. Now I've forgotten what the other question was. Oh, oh how, how to decide. How to define yeah, how to define your own uh, shadow cycle. Well, there's two ways to do it. The easiest way is to have me do a chart for you, a Pleiadian Earth Energy chart, and then put the shadow cycles in there for you and map them on your own calendar so you have them. That's the easiest way. The other way would be to get a copy of Pleiadian Earth Energy Astrology and look up your energies in the back. If you don't find them in the back here in the ephemeris, there is an online link that has, I don't know, how many years? 200, 200 years. years worth of dates in it. But you can look at the date and then from there, you count forward 60 days from the day you were born. That's your first personal shadow cycle. Now there's some shortcuts to that that I use when I do a, a chart for somebody, mm -hmm. but they're way too long for us to get into in detail on this show. Yeah. So I guess the best way to answer your question is, Purchase a shadow cycles chart only or get a full Pleiadian earth energy chart or get a book and then try to do it. Try to do it on your own with the, the information in the book. If you can, if you can. And if it's too complicated or or hard to understand, having Pia help is yeah. is the other the best actually the best way to to do this. Yeah, um, I agree. I had a, a, a reading by Pia and it was whoa intense. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the good news is out of all of that comes the the awareness of where your shadow cycles are and uh unfortunately like you, i mean i honestly think you have it easy colin even though you may have more intense periods of time you don't have a collective shadow cycle and your own personal shadow cycle happening like opposite of one another and having to live through two That's, of two of them well, in any calendar year and actually, Janet, that that is a really good distinction between opportunity or challenge, because mm -hmm. because actually it is better for me in a way because of how you just explained that. So yeah. thank you. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah, it's like for you, one and done, right? You, you go through it and it's done until yeah. the next collective shadow cycle comes around. Um, yeah. But for most of us, we're going to have the collective shadow cycle and then our own personal one somewhere along the way. The yeah. interesting thing about looking at your shadow cycles is you can map your own tendencies, patterns, thought, thoughts, beliefs. You can map that for yourself and figure out what those are for you. When I do a chart for somebody, not knowing their inner world, I only see their energies. I pick out the themes that are matched with where their sh shadow cycles are. And coincidentally, most times people tell me that's right on track with what they struggle with. So... Mm. It's, it's an interesting work that I think we can all benefit from is examining our own shadows and how the patterns show up and what we can do to change them, which is about what we're going to step into when we start this collective shadow. We're all going to be in it together. Now, is there any, is there ever any theme 
around a shadow cycle because I noticed they, they're starting always at the same days, which means even the overtone or the overlighting energy is always one self-regulation, self-regulating. So I can't choose, I can't go in and I can't pick out a specific theme that I see that's developing. So is it just all of our shadows come up? Well, let me give you my take on that. And I okay. guess it's just my opinion. I don't know. But because we always enter a shadow cycle on four being, mm -hmm. being beginning earth energy, it is the basis of being here on earth. It's all about beingness. Four is the universal energy of foundation. Mm -hmm. So I think we enter into the shadow cycle on four being in order to create a new foundation that's better than the one that we have to begin again in our earthly realm by creating a better foundation that's based on things like love, compassion, trust, instead of duality. So I think that that's why it's on four being. Now that happens, as you just said, in the 13 day period of self-regulating. So we're in this period where we have this opportunity to pull ourselves back and take a breath every time we start to explode or get out of line. So we're in self-regulating energy in order to do that. And then we move, from, do you wanna say something? Well, I was just gonna say, the, the idea of self-regulating is exactly what it says. We have the opportunity to regulate our emotions, mm -hmm. our thoughts, our beliefs, everything in our makeup, mm -hmm. our individual makeup can be addressed during a self-regulating period. So it's actually auspicious that it is placed there because what, what the shadow work is all about self-regulation. It's all about helping ourselves understand the deeper parts of us that are either working or not working or dualistically opposing each other. Go ahead, Pia. Now, midway through the collective shadow cycle, we get another opportunity. We get a change shift in gears, so to speak. We start another 13 day period under one illuminating. Illuminating energy, the low end of it is drama, drama, drama. The high <laughs> end of it is shining light into everything. So by that point, having been self-regulating for 13 days, mm -hmm. we have the opportunity if we've been doing our work to shine light, to clean out the rest of the shadows for the remaining of the period. If we don't do that, everything looks like it's drama, drama, drama everywhere. Hmm. And then we end up hopefully doing some work. We end up on 10 enlightening. Again, it's going to be for those who are pursuing with the drama, it's going to be challenge. For those who've been doing their work, it's going to be manifesting something different. It's 10 enlightening, bringing in the light, manifesting something different. So I think the collective shadow cycles always start and begin on those portals of energy to show us poor measly humans who don't really get what we should <laughs> how to do it better well they're they're actually they're actually in the proper order the way pia just explained this the the energies beginning self-regulating mm -hmm. and then the third element pia well, then moving from there into illumination, illumination. Th those are absolutely if we begin something and then we regulate something and then we're more illuminated those things go exactly as they should in a progressive method so we begin we self-regulate we move into illuminating the rest of the shadow and we end with manifesting something that's enlightening that's the perceived way we should move through it 
unfortunately, most of humanity moves into, oh, we don't self-regulate at all. We just ignore that. And then by the time they get to eliminating- <laughs> It's everybody else's fault. <laughs> then by the time they get to eliminating, they're in full-fledged drama. And by the time they get to the mm. end of the cycle, they're experiencing challenge yeah. because they don't utilize the energies. Yes, but, but, but ideally, what I just explained makes absolute sense in, in an energetic progressive way because it's like one, two, three. We start here, yeah. we do this work, and we end up knowing more because we're more illuminated. It's our pathway. It's our map for evolution. Right? And then, then our first day out of the shadow cycle is the 11 being. So we're right. back at being energy and yeah. we are at illuminating being. Illuminating from the position of from the position of the universal energy moves into yeah. illuminate. Yeah, so right. I think that whole cycle is just kind of like perfect. It's it magical. It's it actually magical because if we do the work, if if we we are clear enough to understand the work we need to do, by the end of those those periods, those energies, we've we've made ground. We've made we've made an absolute growth filled. <clears throat> into an enlightened position and it, it, it just allows us to get going for more work for for more experiences i mean to me it's the most perfect magical i don't know uh, equation it's just it's it's a fantastic group of energies and elements that allow us to really move forward they offer possibilities yeah, and when you think about it, most of the people on this planet have no clue. Right. Right, that they're going through this cluelessly, um, likely adding to the, the dilemma that it brings mm -hmm. instead of clearing themselves from it. So the work that you're doing, the work that I do and others, I mean, it's not like there aren't voices out there that are helping people to wake up and, and look at the effects that they are creating themselves by being... Uh, in the dark about what's happening, uh, we're, it's so important to keep doing this, to keep it, making it, people aware. It's 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 a it's a paramount understanding that that helping people realize more of who they are mm -hmm. and work with their inner mechanisms. That's that's one of the biggest kinds of jobs or missions that we could pos possibly be involved with. Mm. And that's one of the reasons why LARCMA brought this system to us so that we could test it out, which we did for a, about a decade before we introduced it to the public. But mm -hmm. their idea was to bring this information or this wisdom so that people could pull themselves out of the dark, pull themselves out of that, that nightmarish, illusionary place that most of the collective lives in. I just want to put an aside in here. Colin mentioned that we tested it for about 10 years. We keep a calendar for all of our appointments and I will jot down things on the calendar just to note when something happens. Car broke down, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I make in the calendar. When we started testing out this system and we figured out what the shadow cycles were, we looked at it retroactively. And every single time we had had any kind of problem, any kind of disagreement, any kind of something breaking down, it was in a shadow cycle. So then we took it Wait, in the Wait, a other collective time. shadow cycle or one of your personal shadow cycles? Well, his is the same. <laughs> personal. personal. Personal shadow cycles. Yeah. Oh. Then 
forward, we looked at it in the future, we marked them on the calendar and we didn't look at, uh oh, we're coming into a shadow cycle. We just noticed if things started getting a little tense or things were breaking, we'd go to the calendar and look, oh, we're starting to enter into a shadow cycle. So then we could tread carefully. So we truly tested it backwards and forwards before we brought it to the public and it worked. It is so accurate. It, it, it was, oh, it, gosh. It, it was spellbinding to us. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was such an opening of understanding energy. It, it was just, we were shocked. We were absolutely shocked. Now put that in the context of a relationship and a family whose likely shadow cycles are not all synced up at the same time. I mean, I'm sure that may happen at some point in uh, some people's families, but for the most part, people, you're going to be, <laughs> we're all living out each other's shadow cycles too. Well, Yay. if you know what the shadow cycles are for you, your partner, your kids, if you know about that, then you get to be more compassionate because you understand mm -hmm more reactive they're a little more on edge they're doing some deep work so you get to stand by and be support person and be compassionate while they do it which means if somebody says something's nasty you don't turn around and tell them what a jerk they are you just back off and give them space and recognize they're working through something and that's and that's yeah. where that's where compassion comes in because if you can understand why this person is acting the way they are instead of reacting to them if you just give them compassion and space it it yeah. diffuses it diffuses that potential flare-up between people and that in itself is a is a magnificent tool to get along much more easily with more flow and grace than normally we would be able to have you know and there the other thing i want to bring up is that these are similar to cycles that humans have often, I mean, maybe not worded in the same way, but I mean, we've, in our history as humans, we've broken the year down into quarters where certain th energies are more powerful at certain quarters of the year. And basically what happens here is that our shadow cycles are broken down into uh, every 60 days or 65 days, is it? Or because that would be 260. 240 or 260 day cycle. It's 60. It's 60. It's 60. So every 60 days, you're going into some other part, whether it's collective or if it's your own changing of the cycles. Is that correct? Is that what I, am I understanding that correctly? Yes. Mm -hmm. And I would like to put an aside here and say women should be very well in understanding and alignment with the cyclical nature of life because women's biological cycles every 30 days more or less 28 30 they go into a different way of being a more receptive a more um, vulnerable maybe or stronger maybe but something different within them changes when they go through their bleeding cycles so women should be able to incorporate this idea so well that they can take it to their entire family and say look we all have cycles we all go through times of needing to clear out cleanse out get rid of old stuff and start over again that's what a shadow cycle is hmm. So it's not, and it's not the whole time, it's all shadow all the time. I mean, no. I think it's a good time maybe for us to become more introspective to maybe really do some journaling and like, or just jotting on the calendar, even what some of the experiences are, uh, just for awareness purposes, right? I absolutely. Mean, it, absolutely. It, op it opens up the ability for us to spend more time alone, 
it's it, it gives us the chance to be more meditative mm -hmm. it gives us a chance to to do things that that we normally don't do in in our everyday lives it's it's an opportunity to go deeper 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 hmm. deeper deeper now for those of you who have the pleiadian earth uh energy calendar you'll note on the days that the, the shadow period starts that the days are kind of gray i mean you can't well yeah you can you see these are gray and it actually starts over there on the four and that tells you that you're in a shadow cycle and gives you uh the ability to maybe just jot notes down on the calendar during each of those gray days uh about what might be going on in your personal life and then you'll have to get your own personal cycle uh from pia or from the book in order to be able to chart your own personal cycle and and watch how that's playing out and it's interesting to me from an astrological standpoint as well it's always i always love this whole this coherence thing i mean i'm all into this bringing it all together and one of the things that we're having uh, as an experience right now is collectively jupiter who uh, is a planet that is involved with our growth and our expansion and our ability to become wise right our evolution toward wisdom has uh, just moved into the sign of Pisces. And he's spending only two months there. So from May 13th until July 28th, we're getting a little foreshadowing or a little taste test, if you will, of uh, the potential for 2022. But as it relates to this shadow cycle, it's in Pisces and the shadow there can be the victim energy right, that mm -hmm. victim, the victimization, the blame game, the judgment game, and all of that, versus the freedom that comes when we release ourselves from all of those shadows, collectively and individually. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's in, it's, there's another planet in there, in another system, that's bringing us that same sort of coherence. And uh, I, I'd already had everybody, you know, sort of journaling their experiences over these couple of months because it's really going to be the truth teller for what happens starting at the end of December in this year and through 2022. I, I, th I think you've hit on something that's really important. There are many systems mm -hmm. vastly different than one another, but those systems seem to be in this age of, of our evolution and growth as, as a species, those systems seem to be coming closer together in a synchronous way where they're bringing different information to tell us the same thing, mm -hmm. to, to absolutely line up all of, all of this diverse information and bring it to the surface so that we can see it because we're all different. We can see it from different angles or from different possible systems that are actually saying the same thing. And we love that because we're seeing that more and more as, as we delve into to other systems or we look at ancient systems, it seems like they're coalescing together right now. And it's fantastic because different people align themselves with different systems or different understandings. And if, if these things can all come together and show us the same thing, we're all gonna be on the same page. And there's legitimacy here. So for so yes. long, science has dominated our thinking. It has become, it replaced religion as the dogma of the day, if you will. And now what we're seeing is the reemergence of these sacred 
uh, systems or divination or um, belief systems. And uh, the coherence between all of them adds legitimacy to the whole mythic, sacred nature of our beingness on the planet that science hasn't been able to ever answer. Mm -hmm. So I, I see it as the rising of the sacred feminine is also about the rising or the reemergence, the reimagining even of our own sacred natures. So perfect, right? It Coherent. Is, it is. Perfect. It's one. Yes. It's wonderful yeah. because it's going to open up hearts and minds. Mm -hmm. Right. Because for too long, we've had this dominance on the mind or the mind has had the dominance controlling um, what we think and what we do in response to the thoughts that we're thinking. And uh, the systems of divination will show us that it's more about the heart. It's more about, it's the alignment of the heart, the head and the uh, solar plexus, the emotional body. So Absolutely. yeah, Absolutely. it's, it's beautiful I, I, to see this happening. It is. I've been talking about this very subject for 40 years. I was telling people 40 years ago that the missing link in science and the missing link in the new emerging mm. quantum science is love. And if, if love were to be included in this scientific paradigm, it would all make more sense. It would all be more cohesive. And voila, now people are realizing, as you just very well explained, the element of love or the element of heart is what's causing science to change and for science not to become the continual or stay being the continual controlling paradigm. The, the divination, the magic, the ancient wisdom, yeah. sacred geometry, all of those things, love is has been the missing link. And now combining those together, quantum science is realizing so many things that it couldn't understand without hmm. using love as part of the big, big, big equation. We go round and round, don't we? <laughs> I, I mean, what the ancients knew, um, we lost in our more modernness, and now we're moving back to to re-engage that energy or to re, uh, you know, imagine ourselves uh, as holistic beings rather than uh, separated beings. It's it's really kind of beautiful. I just wish it would hurry up and and get to the to the good part. <laughs> All right, let's take a look back over here before we go on to a new subject, uh, see if there's any other questions, because God knows I forgot my phone this morning, I think, so I couldn't, Asa, I'm not going to be able to find out if people asked questions, so I'm going to go look back, looking back here. Uh, Ursula says, uh, my heart is wondering how we can be still be killing one another in the 2020s during a global pandemic families and children living in hell, you know, that that is true, because, you know, you were talking about one of you, and I don't remember if it was you, Colin, or not, that said that sometimes things are happening before the cycle starts that are a tell kind of about the cycle. And one of the biggest things that's been happening is the Palestinian and uh, Israeli confrontation that it had suddenly, like, out of nowhere blossomed and became a, a thing. And now kind of helping, hoping that that's simmering down. Is that a part, a symptom even of a collective shadow cycle? I think it is a symptom I, of a collective shadow cycle. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's a pay attention warning. Yes. Nice. 
uh, no, not nice that that happened, but I mean that we can look out there and we can see that there's something exploding that, uh, that, you know, I don't know, maybe we thought we were done with, um, maybe not from our, maybe our, my perspective here on safe and sound away from Israel and Palestine, but, you know, from their perspective, what was in the simmering, what was in the pot that just suddenly caused this uproar? Well, that's the shadow a, that's cycle a, might describe that. That's a perfect example of what the shadow cycle brings to us. Exactly. The, these, these two parts of the same country don't have to be at war. There's enough land there. There's enough water. There's enough food. They can get along, but they're still reliving old ideas, old grudges, old everything. Ideological and, divides. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's it. That's it. And, and the, 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 the crux of what we're talking about today is those two groups have the opportunity to just give up and say, look, we can get along. There's enough for all of us. We don't need to do this any longer. And that's exactly probably why this is happening just before this upcoming cycle, because it, it's there for their growth and they can choose they can choose to get along. Or, or they, they can wait and have drama halfway through the cycle. And, and it, <laughs> the cycle it, hasn't even started yet. <laughs> it's, right. a, it's a perfect example. Yeah. It's an absolutely perfect example of what we're talking about. Yeah. And then it makes me think about, because I always look outside and I see, okay, well, why is that showing up on my screen? And because I've noticed it, then I need to look within myself and see where I have that I'm still reliving ideological divides. I mean, that's the big theme that is dividing them or separating them but we also each individually are living in a world where that is happening and because yep. we're a part of that it's not that i'm i'm going to say that i personally created that but certainly my own beliefs around division or separation or duality have contributed to the ability for that kind of thing to happen and all of us need to then look at that within ourselves and where are we um separating you know, where are we in separation? Exactly, exactly. And that, and that brings up the idea that it all starts at home. You know, mm -hmm. if, if we change, if, if, if we step away from duality, if we step, step away from separation, if we, if we step away from all those things in our personal life, it is going to show up collectively through the airwaves. It's going to ripple out from us. There's no doubt. It, it, that's how energy works. Yeah. And it just so happens that the Israelis and the Palestine, the Palestinians are picking that energy up and they are demonstrating it for us um, and hopefully can also demonstrate the pathway forward. We'll have to wait and see for that. Um, now, as always happens when we are together, the time has flown. And I do want to talk about uh, Pia's new book. And it's an interesting name compared to everything we've been talking about today. The book is called Exit Plan and other short stories, which by the way, that is a beautiful cover with the rainbow, uh, rainbow children or rainbow people there. Uh, tell us about the book. What inspired you to write it? Where did the short stories come from? All of that. Tell us about it. Well, I can't tell you where the short stories come from because I wake <laughs> up in the middle of the night and start writing. So I don't know who gives them to me, but I write. Uh -huh. the, the exit plan, the idea of the book, it is a bunch of short stories to have a similar theme, although the stories are very, very different. 
exit plan is about transition. It is about leaving behind all these things that we were talking about. We've been talking about the necessity of making different choices, stepping out of old patterns and behaviors, creating something different and new. So the book is give different scenarios, different characters who learn to do that one way or another. They either their culture is dying and they have to have another culture or they have a abusive relationship and they have to figure out a way to not let that happen or there's they have somebody there alone and they don't know how to make friends. There are human element stories that I have heard from when I was a psychologist from many, many clients, from things Cullen and I have witnessed in our lives together. They just wove themselves into these stories. Mm-hmm. Now, when did, I started writing this book when I was nine years old, seven years old, something like that, just a kid. I wrote my first short story then. And last year in 2020, I spent some time with being completely involved in new stories coming, almost a new story every day when they were happening. And I decided to go back and gather some of my old stories, put them together with the new ones, see which ones worked and put them all together in a book for people who want to look at the old patterns, how to transcend them, how to get by them, what's going on in our society today, what are the things we're not seeing that we need to open our eyes and view differently. It's meant to be inspirational. It's meant to be entertaining also. I hope that it makes you laugh and cry both. <laughs> Which I think is beautiful. And the uh, I, I was really surprised. And thank you so much for sending me this. I didn't even know you were writing another book which is so funny. And I, this thing comes in the mail and I went, what is this? Oh my gosh, she's written a book. I didn't know. Uh, And the stories, the the last story that I just read, and because I haven't had time to read the whole thing was about Preta or Preta. And uh, she was the abuse story basically. And uh, her exit plan was she actually ends up dying. And I'm like, tears (laughs) streaming down my face because I mean, it was sweet beautiful but sad at the same time there were so many emotions there uh so now is the book available for people to purchase yes they can purchase it <clears throat> they can purchase it on our website you can go uh-huh. to you can get it there or you could probably get it from any bookstore the bookstores are able to order it i could probably get it to you quicker but bookstores can order it for you also great yeah and now that we don't have you know as much covid delay um, I noticed that your press is still in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and uh, considering the book is just now out, I got it pretty quick. You did, yeah. yeah. So Exit Plan and Other Short Stories by Pia Orlean, worth the read. And just know that you're going to, as Pia suggested, laugh, cry, scream, maybe have a good time, a good laugh, a good cry. <laughs> Um, any other words that you want to leave us with, uh, maybe wisdom, Larkma words, what, what, would you, what would you like to say next? Larkma has been saying that we're in a time of revolution. That it, and I don't think revolution has to be a scary or a bad word. I think it has to do with revolting against what's been holding us down and the shadows that we're talking about clearing out and instead inviting in new choices, higher choices, transitional choices. So I think it's really key that we pay attention to the opportunities instead of 
focusing so much on what are the downsides or the challenges. Hmm. Really, really look at what are the opportunities and what do we need to do collectively together to enhance our opportunities rather than allowing ourselves to be governed and controlled by an overlaying energetic that doesn't belong to us as humanity, if that makes sense. It does. Well, the only thing I would add to what Pia said is within the word revolution is also the word evolution. And maybe we have to revolt in order to create evolution. So it doesn't have to be a negative, as Pia said. It, it can be a revelatory opening, a newness through revolution so that we may evolve. Mm. And to that end, there is also an interesting energy that popped up in my awareness during uh, the day, uh, two days after, or no, two days before the shadow cycle begins, uh, the sun and the earth move into an energy that matches, of course, the nodes, the north and the south node. And in human design, those are at the gate 16 and the gate nine. Those two gates also happen to be the gates that are erasing, if you will, out of our experience as we begin to, uh, and maybe erase wasn't quite the right word, but I'll, I'll go on and explain that, um, that as we begin to evolve the solar plexus in our human design system. So we're becoming more emotionally intelligent. But one of the things that we have to release, and this is uh, what I think the, the shadow period may show us, is that in the previous 400 year period of time, we have built a lot of administrative um, bureaucracy, polit politics, uh, governments, and the, they get too big, they get too complex. And then we add more uh, rules, we add more laws, we add more regulation, and then that, that sort of stifles that creative energy and the ability for us to uh, become more responsible. And yet there's this, this little thing that's happening that's taking that away. And the shadow, the collective shadow has maybe been our over-dependence upon um, those systems, those governments, and how complex that's made our lives. And the potential here is for us to really get aligned with our own emotional selves and keep our own emotion selves clear where we don't need to depend upon outside controlling elements to keep us in line or to keep us from, you know, doing things that we know we wouldn't do, like taking advantage of each other monetarily or taking advantage of uh, abusing or things like that. So it's a big shift, shift that's in the process. And I think these collective cycles right now, if we want to look at a theme, it's about how do we become so empowered that we don't need any longer the support of outside institutions to make things work on the planet. And that is also one of the themes that is all the way current through the book I just wrote, how to do it differently, how to find another way, how to have a happy ending. It's not just the one story you read that had tears at the end, but there are many that yeah. have happy endings in there too. And that's what we're looking for in this collective period right now is how to create a different pathway, how to create something that's going to make us smile instead of all of the challenges we've been experiencing. Yeah. Well, and the story before that one in the book is about, uh, what was his name? 
he was living in a very automated society where his thoughts were being watched and uh, a drug was being injected into his brain if uh, his mood shifted too far one way or the other. Um, and, you know, in the end, that story has a very happy ending where he gets pulled out of, he, you know, gets to be released from that kind of stringent uh, society to a world where people are, are just living in happiness and, and joy and freedom. And, and he's amazed that, that that's there. So that one's a really interesting story when you look at the things that are happening in the world as well. Uh, some of the struggles that are popping up are all about trying on one side more control and the other side less control, but both of them, I think, going about it in the wrong way. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they're not really looking at how we as individuals are responsible for all of that. It's still, they're still looking outside of themselves for where that's coming from. Mm -hmm. So it's an interesting world we live in, I would say, <laughs> at this time. Uh, okay. So let me go back here, see if there's any other questions. Um, uh, is Christine Buckingham says Israel needs to stop encroaching land and homes and cutting off resources to the Palestinians. Yeah, they want all the toys, I guess. I, 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 it's hard to say because it seems like it's always happening in the same way. Um, no other questions. Okay, I'm sorry. I have to take a look because if I missed these questions this morning, I'd be really upset. Uh, but everybody's saying thank you for the great information. It's really awesome to have you here. Um, let me, and just in closing, first of all, thank you both so much for being here again with us. We so appreciate the uh, wisdom that you bring from your perspective and how it always blends so nicely with everything else that's happening. That's just always amazing to me. Um, let me just let everybody know about the weekend, uh, astrologically a quick peek. Uh, we're beginning a new human design week today, and it is a, a week that brings us high energy. The energy requires us to be in patience, to be in patience, not impatient. Uh, I'm going to actually share my screen really quickly, so that's not how you do that, though. There we go. Gosh, some days. Uh, so this particular human design week theme is about waiting to respond to the correct opportunities that empower you to be able to take the right action, uh, both individually and collectively. And the sun is going to be at the gate 20, the gate of patience. That's quantum human design by Karen Curry Parker in the traditional human design. It is called the gate of the now, right? It's being in the moment and then waiting for right timing rather than acting impulsively to make things happen. So it's, a, it's in some ways holding ourselves back to wait, to, uh, striking when the iron is hot or something like that, that saying, right, being um, in the present moment. And uh, a lot of times we're acting impulsively out of an idea that we get. This week will be about acting in the right timing in response to something that is showing up in your outer world. The earth bringing up the challenge for that week uh, is about power. The gate 34 is on the sacral center right here. You can see my little cursor spinning around and it connects up to the gate 20, uh, which is up in the throat center. This is the archetype of the manifesting generator. So for the next week from May 21st through the 26th, we are all going to have easy access to um, getting ourselves involved in a lot of different things. So having 
the patience and the fortitude to wait for the right things and then taking action is where your power lies. So patience and power are woven together here, uh, having the personal power to take action at the right time. When we do that, we thrive. When we don't do that, we have a tendency to have things in like in the shadow period that blow up on us or take us uh, into uh, burnout. So we're avoiding burnout. We're avoiding force in the gene keys. The lowest expression of the 34 is force. The gift is strength. The city is majesty. When we look at gate 20, it is superficiality in the shadow, self-assurance in the gift, and presence in the city. So I love those words. And now I just want to show you real quickly and see if I can stop sharing this one and bring up another uh, graphic to show you where in your human design this is placed. There we go. Right now you should be seeing our little human design guy and the gate 34 here on the sacral center connected right up to the throat center. So it is an energy of doing that finds its passage directly up to the throat, which is the center of manifesting and communicating. Uh, the only break to this, the break, like this, the, the, the foot pedal on the, the brake is uh, that we have to have patience and make sure that we are responding to those things that are correct for us rather than everything that happens to be showing up for those next few days. For those of you who are projectors or reflectors or manifestors, this can blow out your circuits because this is very high energy. So make sure you remember your type and your strategy and your authority, and you will be able to make the best choices for you during that next six day period. As far as the weekend is concerned, astrologically, we have the sun in a square to Jupiter and we have Mercury in a square to Neptune, um, both Jupiter and Neptune in Piscean energy. So what we may have for ourselves is this little bit of a challenge coming up between our, our imaginative mind, our idealized version of who we think we are versus the real, right? The real versus the, uh, the imaginal. And with the sun and Jupiter, they can come together even in a square to create the best use of your creative energy, of your imagination, of your ideas. And then Mercury with Neptune here. Uh, I always think of the two of them coming together as the kind of the receiving of messages from the spiritual realm. So from your higher self, from source or God, or being able to tap in to that more instinctual intuitive self. But it can be a challenge uh, because Neptune remembers just moved to the gate of restlessness and boredom, um, a gate of adventure. So I think we're all feeling a little bit itchy, <laughs> like we want to get out and experience things when reality for this weekend might be more about checking in with your internal self uh, to learn what direction maybe it is that you need to take next for your next creative adventure. Uh, and rather than just acting, it's that act first, think later, <laughs> let's think first, act later, or let's feel first, mm -hmm. then take action and you'll be safe. Uh, Saturn also turning retrograde this weekend on Sunday at the gate 13, which is on the identity center, the center of love, right? In your human design, that yellow diamond or white diamond, if you have it open, is the center for love and direction. It is the seat of your soul. And the soul here is asking us to be 
good listeners to, to listen deeply and to also engage in forgiveness. That's a great energy, I think, for Saturn to take us through, um, given some of the things that are happening in the outer world. Saturn will be in that gate of forgiving and listening until next month, mid-month, when he moves back into another very psychic gate, very sensitive gate. So Saturn is typically form and structure, what we consider the real, the, the, you know, things that I can touch, taste, feel that are real, but he's moving through gates that really take us into the touchy feely and into the more sensitive things that we cannot taste or touch or feel, but we can sense. So we're uh, seeing ourselves really tapping into the wholeness of who we are as humans uh, for the next several months. So that was fast. I did it. It's only four minutes after nine. Again, thank you so much, Pia and Colin. Thank all of you for listening. Have a wonderful weekend. I will see you on Monday morning. Take care, everyone.